The only thing that I would have told myself five years ago is that track your data because knowing where everything's coming from, it's so important. We definitely will work with the couple to figure out what if we can do to make it better. Because I never want people to leave upset. Even if for me, it's like, well, that's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal to them. So like, let's figure out what we can do to make it, make it better. Aaliyah, welcome to the Venue RX. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I am so stoked to hear about your journey. You kind of, you know, briefly mentioned, you said, you said restaurant. Uh, I know you have the wedding venue here. Um, your last name, Shaleen, that's, you know, the venue is named after you, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So everything is kind of named after our last name. So we have Shaleen's on 17, which is the restaurant. And then we have the venue at Shaleen, which is the wedding venue area. And they're kind of connected, like the wedding, the restaurant provides the food for the wedding venue and stuff. So they're connected, but separated. Amazing. I'm really curious about how, like, which one came first, like how you got into the wedding industry. Could you go back before we even like talk about the venue, son? Yeah. Just who are you personally, professionally before you get into the wedding industry? Yeah. So this is actually a really fun story. So uh, my parents, so I've grown up in the restaurant industry. Like my grandparents owned restaurants, my parents owned restaurants. And so my parents actually bought this restaurant in 2003. So they bought in 2003 and they struggled a lot with a lot of things and they just, they didn't know how to manage a business properly. So in 2013, we were really struggling badly and we had some people come in. I was, that was 10 years ago, I was 20. So we had some people come in and they talked about wanting to get married. Like we had like a pavilion out back and I like, I want to get married there. And I was like, what, why? Like it's hideous out there. Like you don't want to get married out there. I was like, you don't do that. And um, they're like, no, it'd be so beautiful. And I was like, no, it wouldn't. Like what? And I was like, maybe if we had grass and a waterfall and like cleaned it up maybe. And uh, so then that's what I ended up doing. I added grass and a waterfall and a new fence. And then slowly but surely I discovered that I am addicted to Pinterest and making it real life. Like I'm the one that's out here. Like I have a guy who helps me, but I'm out the one out there building and coming up with the designs. And like, I'm nailing the boards onto the walls and I'm like, no, it needs to be this way or it needs to be this way. And like, it just kind of grew and grew and I don't know how to stop. So we are constantly renovating. I know we just redid our pavilion. We redid our bar. Um, we are always adding new things. And then, um, so to backtrack just a little bit, in 2013, my parents were struggling. They actually filed bankruptcy. And then in 2016, I had the opportunity to get a business loan and come in and actually purchase the restaurant and the wedding venue. At that point, I still, I had like 10 to 15 weddings a year booked. So I was like, yeah, I have to do this. Like I have to save my, like my weddings were my bread and butter. That was what I love. And I was like, I have to save it. Um, so that's where, but it was, a, it was a morally like hard for me too, because I grew up saying, I don't want to own a restaurant. I don't want to live in black community. Like I don't want anything to do with it. Like that was, I went to college to get away from it. Like I was going to be a journalist and I was going to go to law school. Like I had all of these big aspirations that was like what I was going to do. And then the wedding kind of kicked in and I was like, well, if I'm doing weddings, like that's pretty fun. Like I really enjoyed it. And I got to do like a little bit of both. I got to like create people's like most memorable days. And I got to spend my days building and like creating these amazing things that just like the minute I see it in photographs, I'm like, oh my gosh, it worked. That's what I wanted to do. Like it gets so exciting. I can tell your passion for <laughs> creating and the projects. What's an example of like a most recent projects that you work on? Um, so... In the wedding venue, we redid the whole pavilion. So we, and I can send you pictures and stuff so you can kind of like post some of that in there. But uh, it was like an old, like old metal pavilion and we replaced it with like some better, better roofing. And like we added some like 
fresh natural wood onto the inside so it brightened everything up and like it just made it so beautiful and then we also do stuff in the restaurant too so like we recently just renovated the dining room we added all new flooring all new wall paint like all new stuff so um i'm literally constantly doing something i mean i was out here planting new plants this morning like it's literally non-stop i don't know how to stop elian i'm curious where yeah where did this come from like you're i can tell you so driven and you're also yeah like uh the way that you your language around the venue even well now that it's yours but like even before you know you were like this was your thing like you very much from it where where's that come from i i would say some of it comes from my grandpa so my grandpa owned it's a restaurant called crazy the Ed, and he kind of was the same way like and they called him crazy Ed because he always had these crazy ideas the only problem was that he didn't always know how to like he was either ahead of his time or he didn't know how to really implement them to make them like a huge success or he spent too much of the money on other things. So I would say my grandpa, um, my parents both have it a little bit, but they're not nearly as passionate or creative as I am. Like I very like it. It's deep in my blood. I'm like constantly doing projects. If I'm not doing a project, like I feel empty. I'm like, what can I do next? Like I literally will sometimes sit in the video and just look around and go, okay, what can we do next? Like what can we change now? what can we make better? And like, I, it's just, I'm so passionate about it. And it's, it's so fun. I love it. though. I'm, I'm curious. And we're going to get into more of the nuts and bolts yeah. of your business, but I'm curious about how much of the success or the progress that you've made in your venue. Do you attribute the, uh, do you attribute to the physical components of the venue versus you, the back end, your team, the systems processes, things like that, that aren't as visually evident on Instagram. So I would say all of that is important. I just discovered how important spreadsheets are in the last like two, three years. I am now also very passionate about spreadsheets. Um, I can tell you so much information based on my spreadsheets. I don't know how I went this long without it. Like I have so much data and like we can get into that too. But I will say like I do have a lot of my like on Facebook and my couples and stuff. They're always like, oh my gosh, like you've done so much. Like I wish I could get remarried there. I can't wait for our 10 year anniversary. Like I do think like doing that stuff but I will say like, it's definitely not a necessity. We would still be booking the same amount of weddings, whether I did it or not. But I do think it helps keep things updated. And like, for me, like, I want to see beautiful things in pictures. Like if I see something like outdated, like it bothered me. Most of the time, our couples don't even notice. I planted a new tree and not one couple noticed. Actually, I planted two new trees. No one noticed. And I was like, no one has said anything about the tree. And my staff's like, no, they don't even like notice it's there. And it makes me laugh because I'm like, for me, it's obviously the first thing I see when I walk in the room, but they're like, what? There's a new tree? Oh, I guess that tree wasn't there. So I will say, I don't think like that side of things is the like most crucial part. But for me, it's so fun that like it, it is for me crucial to make sure it gets done. That, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> tell, tell me about the venue. Give me kind of like the, you know, this is both a podcast and a YouTube channel. So for anyone who's not yeah. on YouTube, um, kind of paint us a picture verbally of what your venue looks like. Okay. So the venue. Oh my gosh. So we've been like, we're, I will say, and like when people call us like a cowboy rustic venue, it like shatters my heart into a million pieces. Cause like, I don't want to be a cowboy venue, but we do get that a lot. Um, I'm definitely going for more of like a modern vibe, but like a modern rustic vibe, which I think is something I might be creating on my own because there's not a lot of things that are like that. But, um, so when you come in, we have giant barn doors that slide open, which is also really funny because everyone told me you can't do that you're like they're like you can't just make giant barn doors and i was like why and i was like we have to have these and where again just to kind of give us a little bit yeah. more perspective where are you located so we're located in a tiny tiny town i think there's like four thousand people that live here um in black canyon city arizona 
black kid. So it's a it's a little town. It's a little tiny town. Um, we're right off the freeway. We're right off like the main interstate. You have to pass by us to go anywhere north in Arizona. So if you're going to Sedona, Flagstaff, literally anywhere north, you have to drive by us. So we're about 45 miles out of Phoenix. Done it. Yeah. So like when you come in though, so you come in through these giant barn doors that are just massive. I don't even know how tall they are. They're huge. Um, so you come into the giant barn doors and then we have like your guest book and welcome table set up. So guests instantly are there. We have four restrooms um, and then we have our large pavilion. That's a covered pavilion. We have pavers everywhere. So that way people aren't like walking on gravel. Um, and then uh, we have a beautiful bar with neon signs, like a neon cocktail sign. And also like we have our neon, I see it behind me, but uh, there was, it was always you sign. Um, and then the guests get, or the people get married in front of the waterfall with the guests eat on the grass, mountains in the background and like at Arizona mountains. Something to be told about. They are beautiful. So you get the mountains in the background. Um, and then we've added lots of like picture areas. So like we have a green wall to take photos. We have like a diamond wall made out of wood. That's really great for photos. Uh, we have like a beautiful fountain. So we have the water ball and a fountain. Um, we recently just added a giant mirror wall, which everyone told me was going to be a crazy idea, but it looks incredible when the bride's like walking out. We have a bridal suite, which she's walking out of the bridal suite. You can see her reflection in the mirrors and like as she's walking out. It's amazing. It's so incredible. Um, so yeah, so we just have a lot of, I try so hard to make it as picturesque as possible. That's, that is my goal. Like I, I, when I do things, it's awesome, but I don't like appreciate them until I see them in the photos. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that was good. That's what I wanted to do. I, I know I saw a picture of the barn doors and we're going to put links by the way. So that, okay. you know, yeah, you know this, but it is, it is really neat and kind of like, it almost has this modern, yeah, modern rustic. Yeah. It's a, it's a totally. bizarre thing, but I'm trying to make it a thing. Um, it's fun too because when people walk in, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this was here. It's like a hidden oasis. And then they're like, you need to advertise more. And I'm like, no, I don't. Like, this is what the fun of it is. Like when people walk in, they have no idea it's here. It's amazing. It's so fun. How many weddings did you start? I know, I think you oh said gosh. 15 and then. So, oh, oh my gosh. So I have all of this in a very detailed spreadsheet. But in 2013, uh, we were doing like four weddings a year. Then we started filling up Saturdays. Every like our busy season, every Saturday was full. I was like, oh my gosh, so cool. Then we started filling Fridays and Sundays. And by 2018, so about five years after we started doing weddings, we started booking Thursdays. And I was like, what? People are getting married on a Thursday? And then COVID obviously hit. Things got a little wild there. Um, so we started out probably like, I would say between 15 to 50 in the first like five years. We kind of like gradually grew up to there. Now we're up to about 120 a year. So wow. we do quite a few weddings. Yeah, uh, we're getting to the point now we do Monday and Tuesday wedding, which is still mind blowing to me. Like, but we we discount them, obviously, like if you want to. But if you're on a budget, we find a date that'll work for you. So, yeah, we do Thursday through. I mean, we even have some Wednesday ones this year. Like we have in October, we have 27 weddings. So you can kind of tell. Yeah, it's going to be a busy season for us. Hey there, pardon the interruption. I wanted to take a moment and share with you about Weva. Weva is a professional association we started last year for venue owners and operators. It stands for Wedding and Event Venue Association, and it's the first professional association for venue owners and operators, specifically providing resources, education, and networking opportunities for venue owners and operators. Let's face it, owning a venue is very difficult. And if you own or operate a venue, or if you're considering owning or operating a venue, you need resources, networking, and a community that understands and supports you and your goals as you continue to grow your business. Weva is just that. 
We've built it to be a support to you as you grow your venue business, and we want you inside of our community. So if this sounds interesting to you, please click on the link in the description in this video or wherever this video is linked, and we would love to welcome you into the community. Yes, 27 in October. October is our busiest month. Uh, yeah, we do. So we do, sometimes we do two weddings a day. So we do, we started offering like a micro wedding so they can get married from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. And we do like a beautiful brunch charcuterie board with like waffles and biscuits and all kinds of deliciousness. So yeah, so some days we have two weddings and then we also have a week where it's literally Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then the following Monday, Tuesday. So like we, we do a lot of weddings. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's uh, October is going to be our busiest month yet. So we're pretty excited about it. So uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you something I've never asked a guest before. On the okay. Podcast. How are you so happy <laughs> about? I don't work weddings anymore. That is how. Okay. I have. Okay. So right after COVID, I was like kind of freaking out because I was like, okay, COVID is almost over. I think we have a ton of weddings coming up. I was like, but I was like, what do I do? Do I hire someone to help me? Do I not hire someone to help me? I was like, what if like we don't go back to doing weddings? I was so torn. I had no idea what to do. And um, finally, I was like, you know, I, I need to hire someone. I was like, I can't work on my business if I'm working in it every day. And we, at this point, we were doing Thursday through Sunday all the time. I had my daughter who, this was what, four years, she was like four or five years old. So like, I was like there's just, I can't and run a restaurant, everything else. So I found, um, it's actually, we grew up together. Like we've known each other our whole lives. We did like a talent show together when we were like eight years old. But um, so I found her and she has the perfect personality for this. Like she loves the brides. Every wedding is like her wedding day. So I like at first I was like kind of like low key, like, okay, I'll let you do a couple here and there. And then she took over and I was like, okay, you got this. And I got to back off, which then gave me so much more opportunity to grow the business. And that's how we're able to do so many weddings is because I have all the time to build spreadsheets, track data, figure out where to advertise, where to do things. And I'm not stuck here doing all of the wedding day in and day out and all the venue tours. Like it's a lot. Like we do a ton. We do like probably 60 venue tours a month. So there's just no way that I could do it. All. Like it's just not possible. So how, tell me, oh gosh, this is so cool. Cause I can't, I can't wait yeah. to dive into like the team component of this. But before we get yeah. there, um, is there something you feel like has really made a difference or was kind of maybe a key point in the venue's growth where you started to speed up? Like, was there a, a moment or was it just kind of super, super slow and gradual to where you were at now? I like, that's a hard one. So it's funny because like, I still don't believe it's real. Like it's still, cause we're still growing. Like we're still growing a ton. So it's still kind of one of those things that's like, when did it happen? Like, when did we become that what we are now? Um, I would say like right after COVID is kind of when I really realized like how busy we really were. But at that point, I was just so happy to have weddings that I didn't even care. We postponed 72 weddings during COVID. So like for me, I was like, I'm just happy to be back at work. Like I just want to do weddings. Like I was so happy to be here and like happy to do stuff. Uh, um, so I went, I literally like, I don't know when like it doesn't, it wasn't gradual. Like it happened like pretty quickly, but at the same time it was like, that's not another way getting said, but I don't know when the like turning point really was. Um, one of the things that like makes our venue unique is like I built it to be 100% a wedding venue. So it is like a well-oiled machine. Like things run perfectly. Like we have hidden doors for cake room. Like we have hidden fridges. We have hidden things. And like everything that we've added has just made it to where we can run wedding so easily. Like it's a piece of cake for us. Like there's nothing that's hard for us. Like 
we've kind of already worked through all the kinks. Like there is very rarely like a problem that happens that we're like, how do you fix it? Because of how we built everything and like how we've grown over the years. You talk about building things when you have to, when you're faced with something, maybe structurally or maybe a part of the venue that you have to, you have to build. I mean, is this something you're bringing in a contractor for and kind of like, what are you, how are you analyzing what, like what you bring to the table in right. terms of like how, how you want to proceed, especially if it's like a bigger project? So we haven't really added anything super big. Most of the stuff that we already have, like we just renovated so I wouldn't say that we like added anything big. Like we just, we had a stage already. So we just put a door in the stage, like where I was earlier, there's literally a door behind me. You can't see it, but there's a door there. And that goes into like, it was a storage room before. Now it's our cake room. And like, so we didn't really, but I, I'm the contractor. If we do do stuff, like I'm the one that contracts everything. I make, I hire all the laborers. Like I do all that stuff. And then I just make sure everything goes smooth. Um, obviously there's certain situations where we need a licensed contractor to do it. So then we work with somebody to do that stuff. But yeah, I'm the one that designs and kind of plans everything and hopes everything goes smooth. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, normally we start with marketing and kind of trickle down the... the yeah, we're kind of going backwards. <laughs> well, and I think I want to start backwards because okay. I'm really fascinated about your team and how you've grown your team. It sounds like you grew up in an environment that like you knew that there were already going to be different people who handled different things. So uh, you didn't kind of grow up in a solopreneur environment. No, not at all. So... I watched my parents. They tried to do it solo. They were like, well, we don't have the money to hire a manager. We don't have the money to do this. And that was always like their their motto to things. And I was like, for a while, like I, until 2021, I did do everything mostly by myself in the wedding venue. Um, I had like, I had my staff, obviously, but like for the most part, we had a cook, we had a bartender. We had one girl that worked every wedding with me and she had a Monday through Friday job. This was just what she did on the weekends for fun. Um, so that was like how we kind of grew. And that helped me so much because that made me be able to build the venue to what it is. Had I not worked all those weddings and done all those things, I wouldn't have known like, okay, this is what we need to do next time. If we're going to ever redo this, this is how we should do it. Um, so, but yes, very quickly on, I was like, I don't want to do it all by myself. Like it, you can't have a successful business trying to do everything yourself and like micromanaging and all that stuff. Like I learned very quickly. That was not something I wanted to do. Like when my coordinator, when I hired her, I was like, this is how I do it. I was like, but if you think you have a better way, like, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Like, let's see. And I've kind of let her have free reign, which has helped her grow tremendously as well. Obviously, I still have some restrictions and like, so call me and be like, hey, is it okay if I do this? But then I was able to, she was able to hire staff under her. So she's like the head coordinator. And then she's got three coordinators underneath her who like help her out as well. Because that was my biggest thing. Burnout. It's so real in this industry. And like, if you're working Thursday through Tuesday every weekend, like we get summers off, but that's about it. I was like, you'll die. Like you can't do it. It doesn't work. And you won't be happy. Let me tell you, you will not be happy. And that's so, from my, that's where that happiness question came from. Because, you know, yeah. you, it, you didn't say that like, oh my gosh, we have 27 <laughs> in October. We are like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes my coordinator is like, are you going to like keep pushing these October ones? Like, heck yeah, we are. And then she's like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm good. Like she loves it too. And because she has the help she needs. Like if she was doing it all by herself, there's no way she could do it either. But she's got the coordinator. So we have one coordinator that does like Mondays and Tuesdays. And like, I think she does some Sundays here and there. And then we have another one that fills in for the micro wedding. So like, it's not a one man show. We have so many people helping each other that it ends up working out pretty good. And we can handle doing 27 weddings without it being like a stressful thing. Yeah. Gosh, that's, that's amazing. I heard you say something in there that I felt was really impactful. And I want to just kind of wrap around to that. Um, and maybe ask if you have any 
tips or tricks for the audience to like help help make this process happen. You said every time you said you sat in the role yourself and every time you found something that was broken or you didn't like the system or process, you said, if we ever do that again, how do we want it to look different? Was there anything that you used in terms of tracking those things? Because I think a lot of wedding professionals, they they work a wedding, they get to the end of the wedding, they're tired and there's they don't have the gas left in the tank to kind of like do a business eval and right. set you know, a list up of all the things like, how did you go about practically doing that? Because I think that's a key component of your six. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, A lot of notes in my phone. Like I will go through now even. And I'm like, oh yeah, remember I said we should redo that differently. I put a lot of notes in my phone. Like throughout the night, if I notice something that I'm like, this isn't working, you can't fix it in the moment. So it's like, okay, let me put a note in my phone and then I can readdress that later. Um, so I always have notes in my phone, but even to this day, like I always, there's always new things that I'm trying to figure out if I can do or not. So notes in my phone, definitely the big one. Um, and a lot of drawings, like there has been times with my like contractor, I'd be like, here, this is what I, or my, the guy who helped me build everything. I'm like, this is what I want it to look like. I don't draw very well, but he always was able to figure it out. And like, so I draw things out and be like, Hey, so when we move this or do this again, like I want it to look more like this, not so much like that. Unfortunately, he's had to redo a lot of things in the venue for me. Uh, it's not his favorite thing, but like sometimes we'll do a wall with the wood horizontal and I'm like, oh, I hate it. We need to go vertical or whatever. And like, so I do make him paint stuff quite a bit. I help him, but I am like, because at the end of the day, it's all about the pictures. I'm like, whatever is going to look the best for the pictures is what I care about. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's no, no. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. No, that's awesome. And I, I feel like that's really good clarity because again, it's so easy to get like bogged down and into it. And then you're not creative and you're not free and you're not moving around and, and kind of uh, adapting to the environment. And that's what, as a business owner, that's what we're supposed to be doing. So, right. Yeah. But it's hard. Like you said, it is so hard when you're in it every day. Like I have a whole new clarity because I haven't, I mean, I haven't even worked a wedding in probably, it's been a long time. I don't even know how long it's been. So I haven't had to work them. Like I'll come in and hang out and see how things are going but I'm not the one responsible for anything. And like when people ask me questions, I'm like, nope, you got to ask the coordinator. They're the ones that are in charge. Like I don't want to get the wrong answer or how they want it done. So having that, like be able to step back, is huge. Um, I definitely like the five years ago, me probably was a little more tired, but still I was so passionate about it. I loved it. Like watching people like get married and have like the best day of their lives was just like, it was just so magical. And because we have so much control over it being all inclusive, it makes it really easy. So like our, all of our weddings go so smooth that it wasn't, there wasn't a ton of those like, oh my gosh, I need to redo this or I need to redo that. It was, well, that was good, but it could have been better. And like, but the bride and groom never noticed it. It's not like they were like, oh my gosh, this was awful. This was just me personally always wanting to be better. But so like having that and having the all-inclusive definitely helped a lot because when we have outside DJs or outside vendors, our whole, like everything changes. And then we don't have the control, which makes it really difficult having that control and being like, okay, if I, if I flip up, my DJ is going to make sure she's there to pick up the slack. Or if the DJ flipped up, the photographer is going to help. And like, we've all, all of my vendors have been with me since 2014. So I've had all the same vendors since then besides our cake, but our cake people have been with us for a while now too. But for the most part, all of our vendors have been the same. So we've kind of all grown together too, which has been really fun. Can you unpack the all-inclusive side of things? Yeah. And yeah, so- I about it specifically because a lot of people who are new in the industry get in and they start out blank canvas and then they think about adding on different components because it feels like different businesses. How did you do that? So 
with our location being so rural, um, our first couple weddings, it was a struggle to find like vendors and stuff. They were like, well, who are we going to have for a floor? So we like this kind of stuff. So I started piecing it together pretty quickly. Um, I forgot a piece earlier when I talked about my history. My mom was actually a wedding coordinator for 22 years. So she did it my whole life. So we actually used her florist that she used when in her all-inclusive days and um, her DJ from back then too. So which is kind of cool. Like they, it's actually a but like we still use the same vendors that she used toward the end of her wedding uh, planning career. She worked at a venue. They didn't own it, but it was my grandpa's restaurant originally. And then she stayed there after new owners came in and stuff. But so having that like little bit of dynamic with her, like I was able to bounce a lot of ideas off her and ask her like, well, how do your all inclusive package work? Um, so I did have that like as kind of like a step up. Uh, so when I found my vendors, I knew that I wanted to make it as easy as possible for wedding planning. No one wants to have to go out and like, pick from a list of vendors and do this and do that and like make it, it we want to make it as stress as free as possible so we found a florist dj photographer and kate um those are all included we do have an efficient you can add on through us too originally that was automatically included but that one's a weird one like people would be like no i have my own efficient and then they would it would it was getting too complicated so the efficient they have to add on like by themselves now to make sure they want it um and then we do all the food we have every wedding includes a day up coordinator we have a full service staff, all of the bar stuff. Like we take care of everything. They literally have to just come in, address and tux and they're ready to go. How do you, how do you handle the fact that everyone wants to have something that looks a little bit different? So our vendors are really good about that. Like our florist is amazing. She's incredible. So you get, they get to go meet with her. They get to go design it, pick everything out. It's not like a cookie cutter, A, B, C, or D, like whatever they want, they get. So if you want purple flowers, a blue flower, the pink, whatever you want. Um, she's really good about like designing exactly what the couples are wanting. I don't honestly don't get a lot of people that are like, oh, I don't like I I haven't had anyone say like, oh, my wedding looks just like the last one or anything like that. For the most part, we're pretty good about keeping them separated. Like it, it's the little details too. like our couples bring in like their guest book, their uh, party favors and that kind of stuff. And like then we can decorate that stuff for them how they want it. Um, so it does keep it a little bit different. But yeah, that's, so I guess that's yeah, that's how we keep it separate. Totally. In terms of our packages, um, how you break down your pricing, things like that. This yeah. is all about kind of pulling back the curtain on that stuff. How did you decide what you wanted your price point to be? Was there a consideration of like an all-in cost? Tell me how you- Right. So I did like talk, I did figure out like the food cost, the all-in cost, what it would cost me for staffing, all of that stuff. In the beginning, it was, I think our venue fee was like $500. I was like, I just want to get people in the door. And I think that kind of helped us too, being a new venue. We did very discounted events. So that way we could build up to more down the line. And we had hundreds of galleries, and, or not hundreds, but we had so many galleries to be able to choose from and all of these photos for advertising. And um, so I did like do an analysis on like what my food cost would be. Um, in the beginning though, it was kind of just a guess. I was like, okay, well we charge $19.99 for a steak inside. So let's charge $21.99 for a steak. So it's kind of like a guesstimation. Now I have like a very detailed spreadsheet of all my costs and stuff. So I can tell you exactly like what each wedding, how much it costs us to do it, what's our lowest we can go on it. If someone's got a low budget, what we could do to make it work for them. Um, and then as far as our vendors go, we pretty much charge just what the vendors charge us with a little bit of buffer. And that buffer isn't like to go towards us. It's to cover if the vendors raise the price because I've had that happen where they're like, hey, I can't do this price anymore. And it's like, well, shoot, I only charged the couple this amount. So now we do a little bit of a buffer just to cover in case something like that happens and they want a price increase. We do book two years out. So two years from now, the floor may be like, hey, I need a little bit more money than what I'm making now, which is understandable. So you pay out the vendors? 
we pay out the vendors. We pay out everything. So the couples pay us. We take care of all the payments from there. How do you handle the situation where maybe couples are shopping it and then they come across they're like, oh, well, I, I know I can do a florist or, you know, that floral, that florist on the market is saying, you know, a thousand bucks for this and she's charging me 1500 or 1250 or whatever. Right. Hey, just wanted to take a quick break and share a little bit about Common Sense Events consulting packages. In the last couple of years, we've selectively partnered with some venue owners to provide consulting services. And this year, we're looking to take on more consulting clients. We've had such a good time and been able to provide a lot of value. And our team has now worked with over 11 venues and hosted hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of weddings and essentially compressed and compiled all of that information into consulting packages that can be custom created to fit the needs of your venue. If you are concerned with your current venue's performance, or maybe you're brand new to the industry and you're just looking for a partner to kind of help get things off the ground, our team would love to be considered to serve you and your venue in that capacity. So you could reach out at venues at cseventservices.com. You can also just click the link in the description of this video or podcast, and we'd love to hear about your venue and see if there's a way that we could partner with you and serve you. All right, back to the show. How do you handle it? So we actually don't break it down. It's an all or nothing package. If you want to do the all-inclusive package, think it's 5,500 right now, but that includes florist, DJ, photographer, cake. Um, that includes it all. We don't break it down. So if you wanted to take anything off, um, we only allow you to take off the photographer because that one's kind of like a really personal one. I understand that one. Other than that, if you wanted to not, if you wanted to break down or if you wanted to price out vendors yourself, then we just say then the all-inclusive is not for you, but you can bring in your own vendors. We do allow outside vendors all the time majority of people end up going with the all-inclusive because as soon as they price out that photographers are 3500 and florists are 5000 by themselves right now, it's crazy the cost of things. But then they're like, well, wait, we get all of it for this. I think it's 5500 but I can't remember right now. But we get all of that for 5500 So they end up coming back to the all-inclusive and realizing, okay, that's a pretty good deal. Totally. And it's nice because you've, you've done all the negotiations already. Yes. You've kind of got it down to it. That makes so much sense. Yeah, well, and we do 100 plus weddings with all these vendors a year. They're thankful to us. We're thankful to them. And I have the control, like with my photographer, if she's past the eight week mark on editing, I'm like, hey, we got to get on this. Like, let's get these photos out. And like, I hold them to a very high standard, but they're used to it now to where we all hold each other to that high standard. And they're thankful for the business. They don't have to sell themselves. They get to just come to work every weekend. How how do you... I'm just trying to think of all the questions that, you know, uh, a venue owner who's listening to this might have like, gosh, Lilia, this is um, sounds amazing, but like one of these buttons. Right. So one thing that comes to mind is, you know, how do you handle a situation where you do have a lapse in quality or something like that? You now have to address I it. Try. <laughs> well, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. Um. Okay. So I... We have. So over the years, like we've added, um, like our florist got too busy. So we added another florist and everything was good and great. But then we started, like we had a couple of times where brides were upset about it and we figure out a solution with the couple, depending upon the severity of it. Um, we've had the same thing, a similar thing with a photographer. We brought in an outside photographer because our photographer was getting overwhelmed. So we had another one come in and they just didn't deliver the quality. Um, sometimes that means refunds. Sometimes that means it, it really just depends. We try and find a solution. Um, that is one thing that is super stressful about having on inclusive though, is we are liable. Like if the couples don't like it, it's on us. It's no one else. So that's a conversation that I do have with my vendors frequently though. Like, Hey, like I need to make sure that you're going to give me 1 million percent for these, because at the end of the day, you're not the one getting the bad review. It's me. So 
luckily, like for the most part, it's very rare that it happens. We don't get a lot of like unhappy couples, which is very lucky. It has happened in the past. Um, and normally like I'm just whatever we can do. Like I've sent bride flowers before and that was over the hotel. I had nothing to do with the hotel, but I was like, I just want you to be happy. Like I, whatever we can do to kind of make up for that. Obviously, like you can't redo a wedding day. So like there's only so much we can do, but whether that's a financial reimbursement or some sort of like, if they want to redo their photos, we can have the hair and makeup redone and redo a photo shoot. And like, we definitely will work with the couple to figure out what they, what if we can do to make it better? Cause I never want people to leave upset. Even if for me, it's like, well, that's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal to them. So like, let's figure out what we can do to make it, make it better. Last question about vendors. I've yeah. Um, no, you're good. Early on, maybe when you didn't have the volume that you have now, you have, you know, hundred plus now, but before when you didn't have that, were you ever concerned about the vendors not having the availability when you were booking, say October 24th and you book it and then you go to them and they're like, shoot, I already have something on that day. Was that ever a concern? It wasn't. So all of my vendors knew that like to be a part of the team and they were watching me grow. They were like, oh, wow, this is taking off. They knew like it was it was going quick. Um, So for the most part, all of them like kept their calendars pretty open. Um, Like our DJ, she has her husband who's also a DJ. So like if she was booked on that date, she had a backup option. Photographer, same thing. She had a backup photographer ready to go for the other event. She wouldn't do it at our event. They We would get our vendors no matter what, but they would send someone else to go do that. Um, the florist, she only works for our venue. She's actually wants to retire, but I won't let her. So she's stuck with me forever. Um, so she doesn't do other events. So I kind of created that, but it, that has been a problem when we try to add new vendors in. It's like, okay, well, what's your availability? Like, I understand it's difficult to like hold these dates for us, but at the same time, like we're probably going to book them. So we need to make sure that availability is there. So the vendor side of things is definitely a challenge. And like, it kept me up at night trying to figure out like, okay, should we add a second floor? Should we add a second photographer? And every time we do, it ends up being such a nightmare that I like regret all of my life choices. But at some point, like you can't. So like right now, like our florist isn't available for Monday, Tuesday wedding. We came up with a fake floral package that people can add on if they want, but our florist isn't available. So like we've kind of just figured out what works for us for now. I definitely think down the line, we'll probably try and add another florist back in. It's just hard to keep the quality the same when you're using different vendors. Totally. Yeah, it makes sense. But now one of the nice things is you have that volume. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a, that's, that's a power card. Right. Like you could, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. That makes sense. Talk to me about your marketing. Like how are you getting new leads? Okay. So I just built a new spreadsheet. It's my favorite thing of life. So I actually like broke it all down. So I broke it down by what source we're using um, and what what sort of booking, what amount of wedding. And then I also broke it down by what their invoice amounts are. I also broke down what tours are coming in, what their budgets are for tours versus what they're actually booking. Um, I found that Facebook is definitely like our top number one thing. Uh, we get a ton of weddings from Facebook. We book probably out 50 or 60 a year from Facebook. So Facebook marketing is a huge one from us, but we spent a lot of money. I spent, I think like almost, I think I'm at 16,000 so far this year, but I booked 40 weddings with them. So for me, it balances out. It's it's a lot, but it balances out. Um, and then I use Wedgwire in the knot. What? So quick question about Facebook. Yeah. So this, it is paid ads. And is yeah. it Facebook going to Facebook and Instagram or is it just specifically on Facebook? Just Facebook. Just Facebook. So I do um, I do a big, long like post and it has all of our pricing. And then I do like what's included in the pricing. And then I include a cut of photos. And then, so I, I boost that to like local 
local areas, I add in as many like keywords and tags as I can, mostly like wedding stuff, but sometimes I'll throw like mountains or cactus because at the end of it, like these people that are going to see it are going to tag their friend who's going to tag their friend who, okay, this person's getting married. Maybe I should tag them in it. So my Facebook campaigns have definitely done really good. Um, but now after tracking it, I'm realizing that Wedding Wire and The Knot, although they have a very terrible name and a lot of wedding venues don't use them anymore, for me, it's 100% worth it. I get a ton of listings from them. And I'm finding that the people that are booking from those sites have a much higher budget than what Facebook is. So learning that has been really crucial. And I literally just built the spreadsheet like a month ago. So it's, it's something new that I've learned. But so now I'm figuring out the balance there. But so for the most part, we use Wedding Wire, The Knot, and Facebook. I post on Instagram a ton. I'm an avid. I mean, I post at least I schedule my posts out. I spend hours and hours on it, but I uh, have my posts scheduled all the way for the next two months, but I post one a day. I don't always get a ton of likes on them, but we do get a bunch of people that see us on Facebook or on Instagram. So I'm like, well, it must be working a little bit. So we definitely keep our Instagram up to date. Um, other than that, we advertise in like a local bridal magazine, but that one doesn't bring us a ton. It's more than networking with that one. Like we get we get to go to networking events with them. So that one's always worked out. And then that we do Zola too. Um, that one's kind of a lower scale wedding wire in the knot, but Zola, we advertise with them. I try and keep our advertising down as much as I can, but at the same time, like that's the best way to bring in new listings and stuff. So yeah, we do. We do quite a bit of advertising. Is there some sort of formula that you work off of to determine how much money you want to spend per year on advertising? It, there was not. Last year, I didn't do whatever the heck I wanted. Now that I have a spreadsheet that tells me exactly what makes sense and what doesn't make sense, next year, there will be some sort of formula that I come up with to kind of base it because I did enough data to go back to 2022 and 2023 so I can kind of see. So when this year closes, I'll be able to kind of see, okay, like this doesn't make sense to spend 20000 on Facebook. It makes sense to put more money here or there or whatever. So I don't have the formula yet, but it, it's going to come very soon. We're going to interview again. Interview right? formula. Absolutely. So I'm curious. You, yeah. years ago, what would you tell yourself now in terms of how much money you should be spending on marketing? Or was it not a marketing issue back then? It was more of a operational thing. So five years ago... I, that's kind of when like I really started getting active on Facebook. Um, I really like, I think everything I was doing five years ago was setting me up for now. Um, the only thing that I would have told myself five years ago is that track your data because knowing where everything's coming from, is so important. Like I really like, I wish I could go back to 2018 to see all that stuff because then you wouldn't know where to put your money. You'd know, okay, like Facebook brings us this much, let's put more into Facebook or whatever it ends up being. So I do wish that I would have started more systems and processes in that aspect of tracking data and figuring out what makes sense. And like on the side of like CRM programs, like I could never find one that I liked. So I just kind of like took a bunch of different things and mushed it together. And now I just have my own thing that works so well. But when I look back on it, I'm like, how did I keep all that organized? Like I was doing 85 weddings a year and they were just texting me all of their details. Like I used QuickBooks and texting and that was it. And I was like, I don't even know how I did this. Like I like literally looking back now, I'm like, oh my God, now I have forms for everything. Like to book, you fill out a form, your final details, you fill out a form. Like I have forms for every aspect of everything now. And um, that is one thing I wish I would have done sooner. Okay. So what tech tools do you currently use? You mentioned forms. Like what are you using now that you're not texting and using QuickBooks? Yes. So um, we still use QuickBooks, but I use Formstack for a lot of information. So that's how we get. Um, so let me start from the beginning. So 
when we send out like an inquiry, like someone emails us for wedding wire, the knot, whatever, we send them a link which has all of our pricing, our open dates, and our um, tour scheduling link. Sorry, totally lost track there. But and then they can schedule a tour directly from there. I ask a ton of information. We use Calendly for that. Um, it works really well for us. It and we can use that for open houses. We have different options too, like we have venue viewing, or if you want to do a virtual phone call or anything like that, we can schedule all of that through Calendly. Calendly. So we start with Calendly. And then after that, um, once they come for the venue, we send them follow-ups and surveys and questions to see how everything went. And then um, if they decide they want to book, we have them go through Formstack. So they get to go in, fill out all of their information, what vendors they're using. And Formstack is amazing because then if they're using our photographer, if they say yes, the photographer, DJ, cake, bakery, any of that stuff, it automatically sends all of the information to the bakery, the photographer, the DJ, the cake, all of that stuff. So it automatically sends it over. Formstack is a little expensive, but it's worth every penny. Um, So I'm able to do that. And then they do an online link to pay the deposit. And then um, so I use Formstack and then we use Constant Contact to send out emails like regularly. So we send out like planning guides. Um, the minute they book, they get access to our Google slides, like planning guide, our recommended vendors, how to schedule their rehearsal, like everything's kind of listed on. And we put everything on our website. We're very transparent. Like anyone can go look at all that stuff right now. It's all right there. Um, but yeah, we use Constant Contact, Formstack, Google Sheets, um, same thing. Formstack integrates directly with Google Sheets. So then it sends all of the information directly to Google Sheets. So then it, it makes everything very easy and very organized. This is wild. I feel like this is going to be one of the most listened to, watched podcasts ever because this is is so helpful for people to hear like what's working. And I I mean, I do think it's going to be different throughout the country. It'll be different depending on the types of venues and all that. But like, this is just so helpful. So form stack, form stack, a stack of forms. Yeah. Like a stack of forms. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So people have to check it out. Um, I know I'm going to be checking it out. Have you... Have you tried other things? Like, have you ever tried Aisle Planner, uh, HoneyBook, like different systems like yeah. that? Yeah. So I've tried 17 Hats or whatever that one is. It just, it didn't give me enough freedom to do what I needed to do. Um, I also tried, what was the other one? HoneyBooks I did. HoneyBooks doesn't, didn't, I don't know if they do now, but they wouldn't allow partial payments. So with our system, we don't require final payment until two weeks prior. So you have all the way up until then to solidify your headcount, details, appetizers, if you want to add anything on. you We don't require anything. We require your $2,000 deposit and then we require your final payment. That's it. But we allow our, our clients to make payments anytime. So if they want to set themselves up on a payment plan, they're more than welcome to, but they don't have to. But HoneyBooks wouldn't let me do payments. They would like make it a required thing. And again, there just wasn't the freedom that I needed to do everything I wanted. It was nice because everything was in one place. And I spent like probably two weeks transferring all of my data over. And then I was like, oh no, this isn't for me. Like that totally sucked. But now I've kind of got a better process in place. But yeah, so I've tried some of them and I just honestly, like I want to make my own at this point because I'm like, I like know exactly what I need and having like aisle planner where you can do seating cards and stuff like that would be awesome. With ours, the seating doesn't really change. Like it's pretty much set up the same way every weekend, like table wise, like what it looks like, like on the tables is different, but where the tables are at, stays pretty much the same. So for us, that one doesn't really like, we don't need that. Um, but yeah, so as of now, I couldn't find anything that I liked. Cool. That's, that's good feedback though. HoneyBook definitely does do partial payments. They've, they've grown quite a bit, which I think has been cool to see. Um, right. But yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So 
in the limited time that we have left, I'm trying to figure out what the what's the next best discussion. Okay, so I'm I want to ask you a little bit more about your team, and we'll wrap up uh, with that. And okay. I do ask you two questions at the end: your favorite and your least favorite part about owning your venue. And I'm curious, what's next? Like, what's next? For you like where do you see the venue going? Um, but just about your team to dig in there a little bit more. How did you handle the transition? from being a technician and a practitioner, someone who like was there doing all of the things for the wedding, right? Up until like five years ago, you said, to hand off and delegate some of the authority and some of the different things to people. And now you're not a technician, you're you're managing people. You're having to hold people accountable. Like what was that transition like? And maybe were there some helpful things that you learned in the process? So it was about... So my coordinator now started with us two years ago. So it hasn't been very long that I like gave up the reins. It was difficult. Um, prior to that, I did hire another coordinator and I kind of let her have her free reign because at the end of the day, like I didn't want to micromanage. I didn't want to be up like, hey, are you doing this right? Are you doing this right? Like I didn't want to. Um, she took advantage of it. It was not good. Um, we had not necessarily complaints. The couple didn't notice, but the other staff were like, hey, this, is, this isn't how you would be doing it. And I was like, okay, okay. So then I came back full time and was like, oh my God, like this is a lot. So um, when I found my coordinator, I was very clear with her, like, here's exactly what I need you to be doing when I need you to be doing it. This is how I do it. But at the end of the day, like if you think there's a better way to do it, there might be. Uh, so let's talk about it and figure it out. So I think feeling, giving up the control was impossibly hard. Like it was so hard because it's my baby. Like I've grown this place, like I made it what it is today. And like, even today, like people confuse her with me all the time. And I'm like, no, I'm the one that did it. But like, at the end, I, could, I can't be that way, right? Like I have to be so proud of her. She's amazing. She's incredible. She like steps up every aspect of it. Oh, I'm knocking things over. I'm so sorry. Um, She's amazing. She steps up to everything. Like she is so incredible, but it is hard. Like I don't get, no, I don't always get that credit anymore. And like, she's really good about like making sure I still feel that way, but it is hard to give it up because have not having the control and not knowing if like things are going smooth i have cameras so i watched like the first like couple ones that she did by herself like i was just at home the whole time my wife was like you're fine stop like no i have to watch and see what's happening i'm like why is this happening right now and i'm texting her like hey and then she's like i got this like calm down i'm like okay i'm just making sure like just making sure but um just i guess finding the right person is hard obviously like that is the key you have to find the right person you have to find someone who's going to love your love your baby as much as you do which is not always easy and like especially for me I didn't think it would ever be possible we're in the middle of nowhere like there's not a lot of big towns by us I was like there's no way I'm ever going to find someone that can do this like they're not going to do it the way I do um but that person is out there there is somebody who's going to love weddings and want to do it as much as you do so I guess finding the right people is definitely like the key um I usually do Facebook ads and then or Facebook posts like saying hey we're hiring and then I, I think I interviewed probably like 25 people before I finally, like, she came in and I was like, eh, we're childhood friends. I don't know. That's weird. And then I did it and I was like, oh my gosh, she's the one. Like, I just knew instantly that she was the one. Do you have any insight in terms of like how to pay them or like how to do compensation in a way that keeps people interested? Yeah. Um, that one's definitely hard. So for her, she gets a salary because I was like, at first it was hard because she just got hourly. But then I was like, if, because she took over all currently booked bride communications. So we got her a work phone. So if someone's booked with us, they only communicate with her. I handle all the new leads because it's, it's a lot to handle all that stuff. So I do all new leads and like people calling to ask all the crazy questions ahead of time. But she handles all the book brides. 
So for her, I was like, well, that's not fair. Like you're going to be on your phone all the time at home. So I do offer her a salary and then she gets paid hourly per event that she works. So that's kind of how I've decided. I know there's a million different ways to make it work. That one works really well for us. Uh, it just was figuring out what makes sense for her and what can make her like be okay. Like this is cool because during the summer we do, we have an indoor space. So we do, do do weddings. We have two this weekend, but we don't do a lot of weddings in the summertime. So that's also a struggle for us. We lose half of our staff because they're like, well, we got to go get a job. And then we hope they come back. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Uh, we've been pretty lucky for the most part, but so the summertime, we still pay her, even though we don't have weddings going on, but she's still hosting open houses and like talking to brides and dealing with like all of the day-to-day stuff. And I mean, when you have, we have, I don't even know, we have 78 weddings already booked for next year and then five for 2025. So you figure, I mean, she's got hundreds of brides texting her, like constantly. And uh, that was another thing too, is like, I'm very avid about that. Like if a bride wants to text you at 2 a.m., like you, not necessarily need to be available to reply, but like it's going to happen and be ready. Like just know, like when you wake up at 8 a.m., you're going to have text and like, that's okay. Like that's how I want this venue to be run. And luckily she was on board with that too. She loved replying to brides and talking to them and like calming them down. But as far as pay goes, for me, that's what works. Um, we don't do like a commission based on how many she books because she's a great at booking weddings, but the venue kind of books itself. Like we do, we do self boards and they still end up booking. So we didn't go that route, but for every wedding she books, she gets to make the extra money of working the event. Got it. That's really good insight. I love that. Um, one more question. And again, I kind of asked it, but I really want to dig in here a little bit. Yeah. How do you, how are you keeping your team accountable? Like, how do you, now that you're just managing, you kind of have to be looking at spreadsheets, right? To see what works. You need to be doing some of these things. It's a little different than like inspection by walking around. Right. You. I will say, oh, sorry. No, no, no. I will say I'm a little guilty of not I have noticed that like I I need to be here a little bit more, not so much to like micromanage, but to make sure things are going the way that I want. For the most part, my coordinator is so on top of it. Like she's great, but there are a few things that like I'm like, yeah, I think we should do it this way. So I do try and be here at least a couple weddings like a month just to kind of see how things are going and to problem solve with her because otherwise we're back in the same boat. Like if you're not there doing it, you're not going to realize like, hey, maybe we should fix this for next time or like this would be better this way. So I do try and be here. Um, I've been a little guilty of it, not being here lately, just because like, it's a lot. Like it's a lot of weddings. It's a lot of stuff. And we also have the bar and restaurant. Like I've got a lot going on. I have a daughter. Um, But that's definitely something that like I've realized more. It's like just being here a little bit more and like just maybe working an event here and there just so I can see exactly what's going on and making sure. Luckily, I got to be a guest at wedding at my venue four times last season. So just from January to March or May. So I got to come be a guest. So that was really fun because then I could see what was going on from a guest point of view, which was really awesome. So that was that was great. But um, so yeah, just trying to make sure I hold people accountable. And we have a lot of lists, like a lot of lists, like our openers have this list they need to get done. And then, but for the most part, my coordinator, that is her job is to hold everybody under her accountable. And then I hold her accountable. Got it. That makes so much sense. Amazing. Olivia, this has been so much fun. Like you peeled back the layer on, on so many things as a part of like a successful venue. And thank you for that. Like that's yeah. your favorite and your least favorite part of owning the venue. Let's start with the least favorite and then we'll end on the high note. Oh, the least favorite. Um, that's hard. I really, the I think the vendor side of things is my least favorite. Like the pressure that it puts on me sometimes I'm like, oh my God, did I did I get another photographer? Is my photographer okay? Am I overworking these people? Like, is a hundred plus weddings a year too much? What do we do? 
So I think my least favorite part is like figuring out the vendor side of things. But then that's a catch point too, because like having the vendors is the best thing ever. So like, it's kind of hard, but that's like kind of my only least favorite part. I can't really think of anything else. <laughs> I love it. I love everything about it. It's like my favorite thing ever. That's awesome. Like if I'm in a bad mood, I just come to the venue and I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. Look at how beautiful this place is. <laughs> that's cool. Do you have a specific favorite? I know you said you love all of it, but do you have like a specific favorite part that really lights you on fire? Honestly, the ceremony, watching people get married and like their the vows and the ceremony and like when they come back down the aisle, like all of that is definitely like my favorite part. Um, I cry all the time at weddings. Like that's kind of why I don't always come to them because like I'm like, oh my God, it's so sweet. But like the love story side of things, I love that. And I love being able to know that like this may never have happened for them if it wasn't for us. We do do a lot of budget brides and a lot of people that couldn't afford like a $70,000 wedding. We're like, okay, well, let's do something in your budget. So being able to do that for people and just like capturing their love story is like definitely one of my favorites. That's so cool. I love it. Well, Leah, thank yeah. you so much. Um, Aaliyah Shaleen, everyone. The venue at Shaleen's. That's how you say it, right? Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Yep. You got it right. Check it out. Uh, the URL is the venue at Shaleen's.net. And for yep. anyone who's listening, it's C-H-I-L-L-E-E-N-S. Yep. yep. Correct. Um, where's the best place to connect with you though, Aaliyah? Like if they want to just reach out and ask, maybe I didn't ask. A, a question question they wanted and they want to dig in a little bit more where's the best no it's like fine instagram facebook email my phone number my cell phone's the one that's on the venue so if you google the venue and you click call it's going to call me so text call whatever i'm very open book uh i'm actually in a wedding venue owners group and they said the same thing they were like wow this is awesome I, like it's not it's not about the competition for me like we're all in this together and like the more that we can help each other the more better it's going to be for all the couples and the more better that was great but better it will be for all of the couples and like just making the best wedding experiences for everyone involved that's so cool awesome thank you so much for coming on today it's it's awesome thank you you have a great rest of your day Hey friends, Jonathan here. Just want to take a moment and share about Common Sense Events consulting packages. We are really excited to be consulting with a few more companies this year, and we've done it in the past successfully, and it's been such a blast. So this year, we want to take on a couple more consulting clients. Unfortunately, because of the venues that we currently manage and the intention and the focus that we have on that, we're only able to take on a limited amount, but we do have a couple slots for venues. So if you are interested, we have both 90 and 120 day programs available, or we can come in and partner with you on marketing, sales, operations, and help fine tune any of the systems that are in those categories. So if you're interested in that, we would absolutely love to hear from you and see if there's a way that we could partner with you and serve you at your venue. Go ahead, fill out the link that is in the description in this video or podcast. You can also just send us an email at venues at csvnservices.com and we'd love to chat with you. All right, back to the show.